Dear parents, this is an SVM podcast to inculcate a reading habit in your child. This initiative will help your child develop both listening and reading skills. To make the best effect of it, it is suggested to use headphones. Thank you. Dear children, open your English course book at page 99. Now you're going to read with me. Please glide your finger on the text as I read. Are you ready? Let us begin. Page 99, Chapter 9, Puru the Brave. Alexander defeats Puru in the Battle of Jalem. Why does he want to make friends with Puru? Characters: Alexander, the king of Macedonia who conquered Greece and Persia; Puru, a king of northern India; four Greek generals and six soldiers. The camp of Alexander on the banks of the Jalem. Inside a tent, Alexander is sitting on a high chair and his four generals are sitting on low chairs. Two Greek soldiers are standing at the door. Alexander is having a talk with his generals. Alexander, the battle of Jalem will go down in the history of our country. First general, it will go down in the history of India too. Second general, it will go down in the history of the world. Third general, I have never fought such a battle before. Fourth general, I haven't either. Until the last moment, I couldn't believe that we would be able to defeat the army of Porus Alexander yes it has been a great battle perhaps the greatest of my life i must say every indian soldier fought like a tiger first general they fought like devils your majesty alexander the indians are good soldiers they know how to fight they fight better than our men second general but their generals aren't as good as ours Alexander if you mean they aren't as brave as the greek generals i don't agree with you second general but they aren't very skillful your highness Alexander i see what you mean and i and here i agree with you the indian generals are still following the old methods of warfare their battle plans are faulty and they depend too much upon their elephants but as fighters they are wonderful i have the greatest respect for them third general i was amazed to see how porus fought in the battle of jalem fourth general he continued to fight even when others had left the field i think he killed at least 100 of our men with his sword second general and injured many more first general he was badly injured himself first general that's why we were able to capture him alexander oh he is a brave man and a great soldier i wish he were one of my generals second general he is a proud man your majesty alexander a soldier is not a soldier if he is not proud i am not at all angry with him He was not frightened by the news of my victories and refused to bow before me. First general, 
he will be brought to your majesty soon. Let us see how he behaves. Alexander, I am sure he will not behave like a coward. A soldier enters and bows to Alexander. Soldier, Sir, Porus has been brought to the camp. Alexander, has he been put in chains? Soldier, yes, your majesty. Alexander, go and remove the chains and bring him in. I don't want to see a brave man in chains. The soldier bows and goes out. Alexander, they should not have put him in chains. He is a king besides a great soldier. Puru enters with four Greek soldiers following him. Alexander and the general stand up to greet him. Puru joins the palms of his hands and raises them to his forehead to return the greeting. Alexander, to the soldiers, you may go. The soldiers bow and go out. Alexander to Puru. Well, how are you, Porus? Puru, my name is Puru. Alexander, all right. Are you sorry for the mistake you made, Puru? Puru, I make no mistake, sir. Alexander, didn't you reject my proposal? Puru, I did. I refused to be your vassal. Alexander, do you know that many kings have gladly agreed to be my vassals? Puru, I know that and I also know that none of them is Puru. First general, softly to the second general. He is indeed a very proud man. Alexander, don't you realize that you are my prisoner? Puru, I do, but that doesn't make any difference to me. I'm still the lawful king of my country. Alexander, how shall I treat you? Puru, as a king should another king. Alexander, Puru, you are a brave man. I'm pleased with you. I want to be friends with you. Will you be a friend to me? Puru, on one condition. Alexander, what is that condition? Puru, my kingdom should remain independent and you should treat me as your equal. Alexander, agreed after a pause. I'm proud of your friendship, my brother. Puru, I will do my best to be worthy of the friendship of Alexander the Great. The generals bow to Alexander and Puru. The end. Well done, children. Dear children, open your English course book at page 115. Now you're going to read with me. Please glide your finger on the text as I read. Are you ready? Let us begin. Page 115, Chapter 10, Corvus, the Intelligent Crow, Number 1. Can a bird be taught to speak? What other things can it learn? Professor Shonku had a bird as a pet. Let's find out how he taught it and what happened to him. August 15. My curiosity about birds dates back to a long time. In my childhood, we had a pet mena at home. And I had taught it to pronounce over a hundred Bengali words. I believed then that birds did not really know the meaning of what they repeated. But I had to change my opinion as my mena did something amazing. 
One afternoon, as we were about to sit to lunch, the mena started screeching, earthquake, earthquake. We felt nothing. But there was a report in the papers the next morning about a mild tremor. I have maintained an interest in birds ever since. Every living thing is born with skills special only to its kind. But in comparison, birds seem to possess, in my opinion, abilities more startling than the rest. It is for this reason that I have been wanting to give more of my time and thought to birds. September 20. The work on my bird instructing machine is in progress. My machine is going to be very simple one. It will consist of two sections. One section will house the bird while the second linked with the first will be sending out intelligence to the bird's brain. I will call it the Ornithin machine. For the past one month, I have been studying all the birds that come to my laboratory for food. One particular bird has caught my eye, a crow. I can recognize this crow from the tiny white spot under its right eye. Besides, its entire behavior is quite unlike other crows. For instance, I have never seen any other bird hold a pencil in its beak and scribble on the table. Yesterday, I was taken aback by what it did. I was working on the machine when I heard a scratching sound. Turning around, I saw this crow had taken out a matchstick from a half-open box of matches and was trying to light it by scratching it against the sides of the box. I was forced to stop it and shoo it away. A really clever bird, just the kind to use for my experiment, I thought. September 27. I have finished assembling the Ornithin machine. Since morning, the crow has been jumping from window to window in the laboratory. As soon as I kept the machine on the table and opened the cage door, it hopped in. It seems to be extremely eager to learn. I have decided to start with language, teaching basic Bengali. As all teaching instructions have been pre-recorded, I have nothing to do except press a few buttons. I have noticed a surprising thing. As soon as I press a button, the crow's eyes begin to close and simultaneously its movements also stop. If my feathered friend is really able to gain some human intelligence, I could perhaps take him for a lecture demonstration at the Ornithologist Conference in San Diego in November. I have already written to my ornithologist friend Rufus Grenfell in this connection. October 4. Corvus is the Latin name for the crow family. I have started calling my pupil by this name. Corvus is learning English now. Demonstrations above have made it necessary. His training takes place between 8 and 9 in the morning. The rest of the time he hangs around here. But in the evening he still prefers to go back to the mango tree in my garden. Grenfell has replied to my letter asking me to reach San Diego with the crow. On the date and time fixed for the conference. October 20. 
Corvus has made unexpected progress in the last two weeks. With a pencil held in his beak, Corvus is writing English letters and numerals. The paper has to be placed on a table and Corvus writes standing on it. He can write his own name, do simple sums and come out with months, dates and days. He can even write my surname on a piece of paper if asked to do so. November 7. Corvus can now be proudly presented in scientific circles. The Ornithan machine has served its purpose. Corvus can answer questions relating to mathematics, history, geography and the natural sciences, which can be answered with the help of numbers or in a few words. There is not a single instance in history as far as I know of a bird as educated as Corvus. I received another letter from Grenfell yesterday. He is in San Diego awaiting our arrival for the conference. My paper for the conference is based on the unique knowledge I have gathered during my last two months of research about birds' brains. Corvus will be there in person to silence my critics. By Satyajit Ray. Well done children. Dear children, open your English course book at page 125. Now you're going to read with me. Please glide your finger on the text as I read. Are you ready? Let us begin. Page 125, Chapter 11, Corvus the Intelligent Crow, Part 2. A magician is very keen to buy Corvus. Professor Shonku refuses to sell him. So he steals Corvus. What makes the magician say, damn that bird to hell? November 14, Hotel Excelsior, Santiago, 11 p.m. The Corvus lectures have created quite a sensation and the demonstrations have left the audience dumbfounded. Unanimously, they admitted that they had never imagined human intelligence capable of being reproduced to this extent in birds. The local newspaper, Correarius del Santiago, splashed the news on the front page of its evening edition with a photograph of Corvus holding a pencil in his beak. The professor, who was the chairman of the conference, advised us not to miss tonight's performance by the Chilean magician. Argus, who used birds in his shows, my curiosity was aroused, so Grenfell and I went to Argus' magic show in the evening. The magician used a lot of birds, but none of them was anywhere near Corvus. The magician himself was far more interesting than his birds. He was over six foot tall and used very thick, high-powered glasses. His gestures and antiques on the stage alone were worth the price of admission. At nine, after dinner, I had just returned to the room, put out the lights and lain down in the bed. When the phone rang, Senor Shonku, yes, I am speaking from the reception, sir. Excuse me for bothering you at this hour. 
but a gentleman here insists on meeting you. I said I was tired and could meet him only the next morning. I thought it must be a reporter again, but the gentleman insisted. I granted him five minutes when I was told that he was the magician Argus. When the magician came in, I noticed the evening edition of Corregus del Santiago sticking out of his pocket coat. Due to his extreme short-sightedness, Argus took some time to spot the plastic cage of Corvus. He said, Ever since I read about him in the evening news, I have been very anxious to meet you. I am no ornithologist, but I too train birds. Would you mind showing me a sample of his intelligence? I said, we are both very tired. However, I am willing to open the cage door. The rest depends entirely on the bird's mood. That's fair enough, said Argus. I opened the cage. Corvus came out, flapped up to the lamp on my bedside table and with an accurate peck of his beak switched it off. The room was covered with darkness. Corvus flew back to his cage and pulled the door shut with his beak. Obviously, the crow wanted to sleep. Argus was amazed. When he recovered from the pleasant shock, he said, I want that crow. I refused firmly, although Argus, who was unbelievably rich, offered me a lot of money. He tried all his tricks with me, but I did not agree to part with Corvus. It was his it was with some difficulty that I finally got rid of him. I closed the door and went to the cage only to find Corvus still awake. He asked, Who? A mad magician, I said. November 16. I took Corvus along to a conference meeting in the morning. Before going for lunch with some of the delegates, I left Corvus in my room and gave him something to eat. When I returned at 2.30 p.m., I found my room unlocked. As I rushed into the room, my worst fears were confirmed. Corvus was gone. I was back in the corridor in a flash. It took hardly any time to discover that the magician had cast his magic on the room boys and had taken the key from them. I also discovered on inquiry that Argus had taken Corvus away in his yellow Cadillac. We had to turn to Professor Grenfell for help. Finding out where Argus lives is no problem, but he is hardly likely to have gone home, said the professor. He must have taken Corvus and gone into hiding somewhere, but there is only one road leading out of the city. I can provide you with an excellent car and a driver, along with police personnel to accompany you, but there is not enough time. Leave soon and travel along the highway. If you are lucky, you may still get him. We were off by 3.15 in a powerful Mercedes. A phone call made from the hotel before leaving had confirmed that Argus had not returned home. I am an optimist and I had full faith in my bird's intelligence. I knew that Corvus would come back to me, unharmed. But Grenfell sitting beside me kept shaking his head. Don't forget you are up against an extremely shrewd man, he said. Now that he has got his hand on Corvus, 
It's not going to be easy for you to get your bird back. We sped along. The road slopped down as far as the eye could see. A few trees dotted its sides. Not a human being in sight anywhere. But what was that up ahead? We could make out a car in the distance. A Mercedes came to a halt beside a Cadillac. The yellow Cadillac. We now realized why the car had stopped. It had apparently left the road and dashed against a tree. The front was completely smashed. It is Argus's car, said the policeman. I know it by its number. The car was there all right, but where were our Corvus and Argus? I found the empty cage of my pet next to the driver's seat and wondered. Suddenly, we heard someone scream in the distance. The two policemen raised their weapons. The screams came closer. I took some time to realize that the voice belonged to Argus. He was pouring out a string of abuses in Spanish. Where is that devil of a bird? Corvus, Corvus, damn that bird to hell. Suddenly, Argus stopped shouting. He had seen us. We saw him too. Holding a revolver in each hand, he was standing some hundred yards away near a bush. The policeman shouted, Lower your weapons, Argus, or... With an ear-splitting sound, a bullet came crashing into the door of our Mercedes. Three more shots were fired. The bullets went wide off the mark. The policeman shouted out louder, Argus, we are the police. If you do not throw your revolvers down at once, we will be forced to hurt you. Are you really the police? Argus cried out with fear. I can't see a thing. Argus was about 25 yards away now. I realized his difficult situation. Having lost his glasses, he was almost blind and was firing haphazardly. Argus threw down his weapons and stumbled forward. The policeman advanced towards him. I knew none of Argus' tricks would work in this crisis. He was in a pitiful state. The policeman picked up the revolvers from the gun while Argus kept muttering to himself, that bird simply vanished. That Indian crow, damned bird, but how very clever. Grenfell had been trying to whisper something to me for some time. I understood at last what he was trying to say. Shongu, he said, the bird is here. Grenfell pointed to the top of a bare tree across the road. I looked up and sure enough, there he was. My friend, my pupil, my dear old Corvus was perched on the highest branch of the tree and looking calmly down at us. I called out to him and he soared down like a diving kite and alighted on the roof of the Mercedes. Then, carefully, as he were fully aware of its worth, he placed before us the object he had been holding in his beak. Argus high-powered gold-rimmed spectacles by Satyajit Ray. Well done, children. Dear children, open your English course book at page 110. Now you're going to read with me. Please glide your finger on the text as I read. Are you ready? Let us begin. 
page 110 the plaint of the camel canary birds feed on sugar and seed parrots have crackers to crunch and as for the poodles they tell me the noodles have chicken and cream for their lunch but there's never question about my digestion anything it does for me cats you are aware can repose in a chair chickens can roost upon rails puppies are able to sleep in a stable and oysters can slumber in pails but no one supposes a poor camel dozes any place does for me lambs are enclosed where it's never exposed coops are constructed for hens kittens are treated to houses well heated and pigs are protected by pens but a camel comes handy whenever it's sandy anywhere does for me people would laugh if you rode a giraffe or mounted the back of an ox it's nobody's habit to ride on a rabbit or try to be straddle a fox but as for a camel he's ridden by families any load does for me a snake is as round as a hole in the ground weasels are wavy and sleek and no alligator could ever be straighter than lizards that live in a creek but a camel's all lumpy and bumpy and humpy any shape does for me by c e carrel well done children dear children open your english course book at page 137 now you're going to read with me please glide your finger on the text as i read are you ready let us begin page 137 fireworks they rise like sudden fiery flowers that burst open the night then fall to earth in burning showers of crimson blue and white like birds too wonderful to name each miracle unfolds and catherine wheels begin to flame like whirling merry-go-rounds rockets and roman candles make an orchard of the sky where magic trees their petals shake upon each gazing eye by james reeves well done children